Hi love, this is the Soul Elixir Podcast. It's where you'll find enlightening talks to support your ascension. Join me, Michelle, the owner of Elixir Apothecary, for a new episode on topics such as high vibrational living, quantum manifestation, ancient wisdom, spiritual gift activation, and living your sacred purpose. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Soul Elixir podcast. I have a very special guest, a woman who I have had the pleasure of becoming acquainted with on Instagram, where some of the best relationships have have been formed. And um, we've become friends. And her name is Valerie Hines. And we are going to talk about a very intimate topic today about the initiatory experiences around motherhood and how becoming a mother really has brought her into this breaking of karmic family DNA ties, really bringing her into her sovereignty to help her heal and restore a big piece of her soul. And I know this is something that we have a lot of mother listeners. And even if you're not a mother, please listen to this episode, whether or not you're a mother because the initiatory energy that comes with motherhood, whether you are or you have a mother, (laughs) everyone does, we can relate to this motherhood energy. It's shifting into a new way of being that helps you release these old ways of being that have held you back. And when we're not guided on our journey of how to step into this identity in a powerful, empowered way, which hardly any woman is, unfortunately, we end up perpetuating and projecting a lot of our past shit onto our own children or our own creations, if you're a mother to creations. So this is a really powerful, powerful talk And I want to introduce Valerie to you. She's an amazing soul from Boston, Massachusetts. And you'll be able to tell that pretty fast when you hear her speaking. I love it. She is the creator of The Natural Last, which is a mind-body-soul detox temple. I love that name. Uh, She is a Reiki master teacher, energy healer, breathwork facilitator, herbalist, and bodywork therapist. Her high vibe lifestyle includes cacao, crystal, and light and sound therapy, and incorporates this into her energy healing practice. Her holistic therapy spa includes services like Reiki and energy healings, Brazilian lymphatic drainage massage, sounds incredible, (laughs) facial sculpting massage, ionic foot baths, yoni steams, cupping, and ear candling. She's an avid supporter of healing and aging naturally through the use of plants, breath work, body work, and energy work. She has used these energy practices to heal her extensive trauma as well. And she's the mother of a star child of five years old. And she also offers remote Reiki and energy healings through Instagram and her website. And you will find her Instagram and her website in the show notes as well. So welcome Valerie to the Soul Elixir podcast. 
Thank you, my love. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. You have such an extensive offerings. I, I adore it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so yeah, we're just going to dive in. I'm going to give you the floor. I know that this was a very intimate topic that you wanted to share. It was more of a download to share. So the floor is yours. Share away and know that you, I'm holding space for you to share this vulner vulnerability. Yes, thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. So I'm, so I'm very bad at like trying to tell a story in a condensed way. So I'll do the best I can. But no <laughs> my journey started, you know, um, I got pregnant at around 27. I was living in LA. And before all this happened, you know, I came from a childhood of a lot of trauma, let's just say I had to deal and see things and experience things that children just shouldn't have to see. And experience honestly um a lot of my life I just kept going 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 and kind of you know buried a lot of it um I didn't I didn't really know what was going on until I hit about my late teens the end of high school where I kind of just started to rebel and I uh I dated I dated you know the bad boys, the wrong guys. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I wasn't so much of very promiscuous or doing a lot of drugs. I think I just got myself into very unhealthy situations, let's just say. Yeah. And I didn't really realize that all the things I was running from were the things from my childhood, um, the things that I necessarily couldn't see, but I could feel, yeah. you know, I could feel that my body and my soul were hanging on to things that have happened to me as a child that I thought I maybe just could put away and never see again but that's not how it works that's not how trauma works it's not how your body and your soul carries trauma it carries it with you and it perpetually follows you throughout your lifetime unless you want to deal with it and you know for a while in my 20s especially when I moved to LA I was just making not the best choices because I refused to believe that I had to sit there and face these issues um, but becoming a mother changed it all because I'm not ashamed to admit that my pregnancy was unplanned. I was 27. I was living in LA. Um, I hated myself. I hated Los Angeles. Um, for me, the city felt really dark, lonely, and sad. I know I have a lot of friends who live there and I love them so much. And I love that they found solace there. But for me, it wasn't my place. Um, mm. And I was dating a guy, Emmy's dad, long distance at the time. I got pregnant. And so I hated Los Angeles. So I moved. I moved um, where he lived. And um, man, <laughs> I was scared. I was so scared. Pregnancy was not my plan. Um, I was in essence, after thinking about it, I was just so afraid to become the mother that I had growing up. Um, the mother that I had grown to hate and was ashamed of. I, I was ashamed of my mom. I, I did not have a very good relationship with her. It was so tumultuous. It gets better. We'll, we'll talk about that. But yeah. at that point, um, I lost my mom um, the day after my 21st birthday, she had died of cancer. And luckily, when when my mom did die, we were in a place where I, I was able to forgive her for a lot. Um, and thank God for that, because if I was the person at 21, the person that I was at 18, I would have just been, you know, that that teenager, that rebellious teenager that, you know, doesn't want to talk about her feelings, doesn't want to admit that, you know, that's her mother and there's love and there's there's trauma there. But so I, I thank God every day that I was able to just kind of surrender to her and forgive her because I don't know what, where I would be if I didn't, but she had been gone for quite some time. 
but I still realized that I still had so much shame and guilt and, and hate around that subject. And so for the first time in my life, I had to face decisions revolved around another human being that weren't my own. I mean, up until then, I made selfish, foolish decisions that put my health and safety on the line. But at, for the first time, it wasn't about my own life anymore. It was about my daughter's. Um, yeah. And so like, mm-hmm. it's weird, because at the same time, I was so scared and um, unfamiliar with this, but I just felt so much unconditional love for this life I was carrying. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I didn't know my ass from my elbow at the time. <laughs> like her dad was all super excited. He wanted a family. Mm-hmm. And all I could do was try not to puke all over the place at the time. Like <laughs> from nerves <laughs> and both <laughs> being pregnant too. <laughs> oh man. It's yeah. just, just trying so hard. Like I was just throwing up every two seconds. And, you know, I had a very, um, I had a very traumatic pregnancy. It was a very hard pregnancy on me. And so was the birth. So in essence, you know, I, um, I didn't get the birth that I strive for. I wanted an unmedicated, all natural birth, you know, no interventions, but um, come down to it. I uh, actually almost died having my daughter. I had a rare um, advanced form of preeclampsia called help syndrome. And so what happened is that my platelets ate each other up like Pac-Man at a very um, accelerated rate. And um, all of my major organs and kidneys and everything just shut down. And so when I went to the hospital, they're like, yeah, when I went to the hospital, they're like, hey, if you would have waited two hours, you would have died and lost your daughter. And I'm just trying to like sit on a ball at my house trying to like, birth this like, oh, this is what a natural birth feels like, just go through it. But meanwhile, all my like major organs are shutting down. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I know. So but you know what, though, all of it ended up being well, like we went into it, um, so many interventions. And they actually told me that there was a 70% chance I was I was going to die. They're like, we need you to sign this paperwork because you're going to bleed out, but we can save the baby, but you're probably not going to make it. And I was like, well, do whatever you could. So that really helped open up my eyes. I looked at it as all the time I was pregnant and kind of angry and confused. And I'm like, what is this being I'm carrying? And then all of a sudden, like, it's just clarity. It was like, if I do die, this was at least my purpose to bring in a beautiful, like being and soul into this world. Like I'm okay if I'm going to die. But for some reason, I didn't accept that. I was like, you know what? My mom's not going to let me die. I didn't just come here to just you know, birth someone and then die. Like I'm, I'm going to be here. I'm not afraid. And so my whole pregnancy of being afraid kind of went out the window. Cause soon as they put that, the gas mask on me and they're like, here you go. I'm just like, Nope, I'm going to be fine. And then I did, I woke up and she was there and wow. Oh man. The first time I saw her, it's just, Oh, it was just amazing. And everything kind of just was clarity, you know, like this is what motherhood is. This is what this brings. And it was just so much clarity and love. And just, I felt so lucky to have, I, to me been given like this second chance, you know, seeing things in a perspective I wasn't seeing before. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, I remember, I remember being in awe for the first couple weeks and then postpartum hit (laughs) And postpartum is real, you know, a lot of women go through it. I went through it. A lot of moms do, Mm -hmm. but that's when I even realized even further that, you know, 
if not all things to me, at least in my perspective, all things could be healed in an alternative and natural way. Um, The holistic way for me became even more obsessive at this time because I'm like, I refuse to go see a doctor who just wants to give me a pill and kind of tells me to just work through it this way. Like, I refuse to believe that conclusion. Now, this is not for me to sit here and down other women or moms for doing that. No, I am just speaking my truth because this is what I want to emphasize in people. We all have our own truths and we all deserve to express those truths without anyone getting um, upset or offended by it because we, this is our lives and this is our soul's purpose. Right. So I became kind of obsessed with how can I heal all this stuff in a natural way without having to, you know, adhere to, to doctors or pills or anything like that. So, yeah. you know, being a new mom, it, it was exhausting. It was very un- unknown, but what m- was more, it was, it was very lonely. I moved to a place where I didn't know anybody. I had a couple family members nearby, but you know, people go on with their lives. You know, when you have a baby, people don't just stop and come and cater to you. It's, it's not how it works. So yeah. I just had a C-section. I could barely lift my five pound baby. Her dad went right back to work. Um, I barely could cook any food. So I was just alone, hungry, like striving for soulship, being a mom, like I just loved my daughter so much. But for me, there was something more I'm like, there has to be something more to this, that there has to be more than feeling depressed and sad and lonely, like, what can I do? And so this kind of went on for quite a while. I I ended up getting pregnant a second time and having a miscarriage when my daughter was around 18 months old. And that's kind of the catapults into where um, all of my internal healing started. I mean, I, I got to end up getting a huge infection after that <laughs> ended up in the hospital again. Um, I ended up leaving Emmy's dad when, you know, she, uh, she, right when she turned two, packed up my car one day, put her in it. And we drove across country back to Boston. It took us a week. We got back just in time for Christmas. And within one day, I found out that <laughs> I was on the run, I guess. And I didn't realize that I was to me, I had left a man and was going home for solace and for soulship. Mm-hmm. And I'd realized that um, in the state of California, you can't do that. So <laughs> I was in a lot of trouble with the police. I was in a lot of trouble with the courts. And after six long weeks of fighting, I was actually court ordered to come back to the state of California with my daughter. And we were court ordered to stay and live there. Now, I didn't think that this was possible. I thought, you know, somebody should be able to go and move wherever they want, especially if they want a better life for them and their their child. But um, that's not how the state of California works. (laughs) So um, I I know, I know. So yeah, wise words for women who want to have babies in that state. But um, <laughs> I guess, you know, in the retrospect of two people having a baby, of course, you know, the father has absolute say and what happens. But for me, I was just looking for a bit of a break, let's just say I was so overwhelmed, so sad, looking for family, looking for love that when I went home, I just needed a break. But mm-hmm. again, I wasn't given that I was had to come back to California. I had no money. I had no savings. I had no place to live and I had no job. So I gave my daughter over to her dad, um, not legally, just for him to watch her while I got things together. And I got everything together. You know, I started, I went back to work. I ended up having about five jobs. I worked seven days a week. I did what I had to do to provide for her and give her the best life. But what I realized was that this whole time in my life, I kept on saying, just keep going. You're going to figure it out. You're going to figure it out. But really what I was really tr- should have done 
was slow down, was to sit in stillness and realize, why am I angry? Why am I depressed? Why do I feel shame and guilt? Why am I angry at my daughter for no reason? Why do I just look at her sometimes and cry and just break down on the floor and just think about if the world was better without me in it? Why do I feel this way? Yeah. So instead of covering up with, with other solutions, I wanted to get to the root of the issue. And it was really hard because, you know, like I said, working seven days a week, like, where am I going to find the time for this? Just sit in peace. Yeah. <laughs> sit in peace and, and do some like inner soul work, that good, that juicy stuff. Right. And yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I found the time I made the time as that's the thing as I made the time. And so, yeah. you know, at two o'clock in the morning, after I'm having a bartending shift, I'd go home, and I would just sit with myself and I would sit. And I would put on a song and I would sit and I would hold my body and I would just sit. And it's the first time in my life, I would just sit instead of being on the run. I was always on the run, running from my trauma, my guilt, my shame, my decisions. For the first time, I just sat with it and I sat. And around that time is that's when I found April. April is my Reiki teacher. Her name's April Fenda. And um, she she changed my life. You know, I found Reiki, which turned me into more energy healings and the shamanic work that I do and everything else. But Reiki is what set me on my path where I am now, I realize is that I don't have to be the victim. I'm a survivor. I'm not a victim. I don't need to sit here and feel bad about my decisions. I own my decisions, but let's try to figure out where the root of these, these issues are coming from. Why do I have so much hate towards my mother? Why do I have such hate towards myself? Why do I have certain pains in my body? And why can't I remember certain things from my childhood up until like, I think I can't remember anything before the age of nine, 10, to be honest, I've blocked out at least 10 years of my childhood. Why? Mm -hmm. Why is that? Mm -hmm. And so for all this time happened, I was just slowly starting to do the work. I got certified into Reiki. I was doing a lot of Reiki healing, doing it on my close family members and friends. And all the while, you know, it kept on leading me down one path to the other to the other. So I found myself at night when I wasn't working, just obsessed (laughs) with self healing. And you know, um, that's when that's when COVID happened. COVID happened when I'm already doing all this work. But really, um, for the first time, too, I was at this place where I was working those five jobs, seven days a week, go, 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 and just fitting this stuff in the meantime, this was the first time, you know, I had lost all my jobs. Up until then, I had severe scarcity mindset issues. I was like, you know, what, what am I going to do for money? What am I going to do for my daughter? Yeah. And, you know, I would just, I would just lay on the floor crying. It's like, what am I going to do? Because unemployment wasn't coming in. Um, I was having a lot of issues. But then also, I felt so relieved at the same time. You know, I didn't have money coming in or anything. But I'm like, you know what I have right now, I have time. And I've never had time. I've never had time. And so that was the precious that was like the coin that was the the revenue right there was my time. And I was like, what can I do with this time? What do I want out of my life? And so all this time, I realized, why do I why do I have such disheartening feelings towards my mother, other than the fact that, you know, of course, my trauma that I've experienced, but I sat there on the floor crying one day looking at my daughter, she looked at me confused, I'm having my normal Tuesday breakdown of just crying and being scared. And I looked at her and I realized, 
why I hate my mother so long is because I'd become her in my, at least in my mind, I did. I was, I was barely, I was barely broke. I was a single mom, even though I never wanted to be, I always wanted to have that family, that connectivity. I, I shamed myself for that, even though I recognized an abusive relationship and I walked away from it. I wasn't seeing it from that. I wasn't seeing it from a place of, I'd rather my daughter not see me in abusive relationships, see, see me happy by myself. But I was looking at it as like shaming my mother for the decisions that she made, not realizing what she had gone through, you know, like all the things that my mom went through as a child. And I continued, what I did was continue to sit and realize, started thinking about all the stuff that my mom went through and realizing that those decisions are what she made. And it all started to make sense. You know, it realized that she was this beautiful, wonderful person who did the best she could. She did the best she could for what she was given, you know? And what I realized is that I could be even better now because I've, I've realized that and I could fix it. I can fix myself. Nobody can fix me. I can fix myself. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I realized I am going to move. I refuse to listen to the courts about staying in the state. I'm not, I can't take my daughter with me because it's illegal, but I know that I can move to another state, go back to work because other states were in operation. California was completely shut down, but other states were, they were working, there were jobs back to school. And I decided that that's what I was going to do. I did not want to stay in a place where I had to work five jobs and never see my daughter and think that that was the life I, the best life I was giving her. It wasn't Mm -hmm. what I could do was take some time, fix my trauma and heal it wasn't going to be totally healed but you could do the best you can right and we're never finished anyways (laughs) yeah go back to work and I'm actually in a program I'm doing uh, massage therapy and everything so where I'm at right now currently is amazing it's night and day I work half the time than I ever did before I'm financially stable I'm in a I'm in a um I'm, I went back to school and I have an amazing job right now and I'm, I'm building my company. And, but what I did, what I did along the way was like, it was, you know, I, four things, right. I, I worked on that mother wound. I worked, I worked on that scarcity mindset and I did all my inner child healings. I would just go into these deep meditations of just finding my five-year-old me giving her a huge hug and just crying with her and telling her, I'm sorry, I'm here for you. You aren't going anywhere. You are safe, loved and protected. And that's something that I didn't get as a child, but I went back in time in my meditations and I, I met with her and I was just there with her and that's all she needed. You know, those, those times of innocence we lose as children, those in, and it can take something big, but it could also take something so small. You have no idea. And your body just misses that. And So yeah, I did the inner child and the scarcity mindset. I did the mother wound I did. And that actually came into realizing I'm like, there has to be something that I'm carrying from my mother's side of the family. There has to be, there's like, I felt like there was this, this curse, right? This dark entity. I'm like, when, you know, ancestral DNA karmic ties kind of thing. And I'm like, there has to be something there. I met this awesome woman Cree um, and she helped me do some ancestral trauma um, the karmic ties with your family, because you know what, for me, like, not only does your soul hang on to trauma, but the people in your soul tie and your soul, like your 
your cosmic cloth, your family, let's just say like, Mm -hmm. there's things that each one of us pass on, I especially think it's prominent in women and for the men to pass on to the men in their family, but can it be intertwined, right? But for especially the women in my family, I felt like something just kept on being passed down. And I was like, cursed, right? I hate to use that word, but I felt cursed. I was like, there has to be something here. And when I worked on that, and I realized what my mother and her mother and her mother and you know, all the sisters went through, there was something deep and dark there I was um, connected to the Catholic Church, you know, way back in the day. But I was able to, to see that to process that and to just have even more love and compassion from my mom, where she was coming from. And when I forgave her, it's like I forgave myself. It was all intertwined. It was all on the same kind of line. And you just started cutting these cords, cutting these karmic DNA ties that I was having. And everything just started to become much more easy and light. And the guilt and shame that I had for, you know, leaving my daughter behind, which I'm currently in a custody battle with her dad to get her here. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, I was two months ago, I would have never came on your show and talked about because there is a lot of shame and guilt behind that. There's a lot of women who have judged me. There's a lot of people who's like, I can't believe you left your daughter. Who does that? You're a mother. You're a mother. And you that's left your daughter. The masks that we allow to dictate our actions that we yep. were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just, you know what, in, if I didn't see it that way, I probably wouldn't have been so upset, but I was already feeling the guilt and the shame. So of course, what they were saying was even coming down on me, like a, like a ton of bricks and I'm just yeah. laying there and crying. And I'm like, how dare I leave her? That's not what a mother does. And I, and I looked back and I realized I'm like, you know what, if my mother would have gotten a six month break, like I had, I believe wholeheartedly she could have been all she could be because what happens is that yes. we get pregnant we have these babies you know <laughs> you yes. know your partner you go back to work right away and it's just go 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 you don't have that time to just sit you don't have the time to work on your ancestral trauma to where what you were saying you look at your child what I realized is I looked at my daughter and I realized I don't want I want to break this cycle now I don't want to look at her and be upset and bitter and angry for no reason or for a reason. I don't want to do that. I want to break this cycle. So she has a better chance. Yes. So this, this ends now. And, Mm. and so go, go, go. I stopped that. I've had my break. I've been working on my things. I had a, I had a beautiful soul retrieval on my 33rd birthday this year. So I turned 33, uh, you know, magic number, mystical number. And, uh, I had it exactly on my birthday. I got a huge part of me, my five-year-old self back, something very traumatic and um, very like sinister thing happened when I was a child. And to this day, I still couldn't see all of it, but I could feel it and I understand what happened. And I could sit well because my five-year-old self came back to me. She ran away a long time ago. And that's where my magic left, my innocence. That's why... For so long, I couldn't connect with my daughter. She'd want to sit and play. And I'm like, I don't know how to play. I don't know how to sit here and play with you and be creative and imaginatory. I lost that. And I don't know how to do it. And I would sit there and I tell my daughter, can you show me how? Because I don't know. 
it wasn't until I had that soul retrieval where I woke up, I, that night I started painting again. I started dancing around my living room. Every day I dance now and I paint and I color and I just do five-year-old things that are just, it's just so fucking awesome. It's like, mm. it doesn't end when you're five, you bring it on with you. But, but that, that woke me up to where I had a huge piece of myself lack and that huge piece is a big reason why I felt so lost and confused as an early mother, why I couldn't connect with her, why I was angry, yeah. why I just couldn't see the world through those beautiful, you know, rose colored glasses that she sees them. She just sees so much beauty and strength. Kids are just so resilient and amazing. They're just, they're unconditionally loving. They don't see, they don't see all the stuff that we see as we get older and jaded, you know? Yeah. And I wanted to do even more for her. It's like, in order to, for me to be the best mother I could be is that I had to heal. Yes. I couldn't go on with how I was feeling with all my trauma unless I could heal. Now, women listening to this or women in my life can still sit there and judge me. But at this point, I don't care anymore because you know what? I'm 50% more of the woman I was six months ago. I know that I made all the right choices. I'm fighting for her currently in court. I know everything's going to work out. But I did this for her and for me. I did this for her, basically. It was, you could say it was a selfish act, but for me, it was selfless because I knew in order for me to be the mother I had to be, the mother that, more the mother that I couldn't, you know, see in my mother, I had to do this for her. And I know when she comes back into my life and we get reunited, it's good. She's going to be like, whoa, you're who are you? You get to play and we can dance and we can do all this stuff. Like what, what happened, you know? And to me, I feel, I wish, I really wish that every mother could have that kind of sabbatical mm -hmm. to sit there after being a mother. Cause everything comes up after you're a mom, you know, before then you were and have that time. Cause you know, we don't get that time. Barely we do. And I was lucky enough to get that time. I sacrificed a lot for it, but I would do it all over again because you know what? It's like I'm awake. I, I woke up from a, from a dream. I was being drugged, right? I woke up from a dream and I'm here and I refuse to ever go back. And you know what? I did it all 100% within me. It was all within myself. I needed some tools. I met some people who helped, but yeah, healing is within you. It's but always you. within you. Yes. And, and you took that, you made that decision, that empowered decision from a space of integrity, not from oh, I just need a break. I've got to get out of here. And yeah. that, that's how it's linearly viewed. But, um, oh, I'm so inspired, shed some tears as you were speaking, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. It's so, so beautiful. I, um, I saw somebody uh, talking about uh, this on an Instagram live and I honestly, I'm not sure who it was, but they were saying, if you don't have kids, heal before you have kids so that they don't have to heal from you being a parent. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, if, if, if the listeners, if your parents, you know, I know you and I, Valerie, we're parents, but that's the most important work. And it is the most selfless work because we don't want to create, we have this choice to keep perpetuating all of this ancestral karmic family DNA ties. That is so deep. I, I know for, for mine, uh, some of the ties that I was working through were intense anger yeah. from my father line. 
Mm-hmm. And it would come out in me. I, I had my sons 23 months apart. So it was crazy having a two-year-old with a newborn. Oh yeah. And, but people do it. I'm, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things of, I would, like you said, I would say, just pick myself up, say, nope, just keep going. Like people do this. Don't, you know, think so much of yourself and all this stuff. You're no, you're no different. And when you really do sit with yourself quietly and say, yes, people do this, but what about the trauma that I'm perpetuating? What about these stories that are running the show in the background that lead me to going from zero to a hundred in point two seconds and in just rage? And where is that coming from? And this is something that if we talk about it more, we can normalize it to heal it or else it stays hushed. And it's so powerful and beautiful that you shared this. And it, it, interesting though, it all leads to compassion. That really stuck out when you were talking about your mother wound work and then the inner child and it all wrapped up with the scarcity mindset as well. It's all leading to compassion. Yep. Oh, it's so amazing. So beautiful. And that is where that forgiveness and healing and that tapestry, that family tapestry really it tr- just ripple effect. When you heal one, you heal it all. That's the work. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I'm, a, I'm very emotional in a very good way right now. <laughs> Same here. You know, I just want to tell your listen, your listeners that, you know, there are beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ways that we can all break the chains that bind us. You just have to do the inner work that could mean hiring a mentor or doing some Reiki or whatever, but it also always a hundred percent comes down to you and your willingness to do it because you know what? I stopped that wheel. I'm the fucking destroyed that wheel and redesigned a whole new life for myself. And any person, any woman, any mother out there can do the same. They can, we all have that power. Yeah, those chains, chains that bind us yes. to this, this linear paradigm. I want to ask you before we wrap, and, and thank you so much for sharing that beautiful, vulnerable story. I'm so glad that, grateful that you shared that here. And I know it's going to touch the hearts and souls of many, many people. I would love to ask you, what would be just the first first steps in your opinion? I know everybody's different, but a woman wanting to start this journey, whatever that looks like for her, whether it's getting time alone, whether it's she has a good marriage and she wants to, you know, stay in the house and what would be those, those first steps to start this, this journey that you would recommend? I would say as a person, especially as a mother, it's very hard to make time, but you can always, there's always time in the day, right? It it might be very hard, but there's always something you could put aside, put aside the dishes, put aside the laundry, put aside something where you can sit with yourself and just what I did was sit and I thought, and I sat with my body and I felt certain emotions and certain points of the body. You sit, you know, it's very cliche to say, but meditate on it, right? Sit with yourself and just sit in silence and see what pops up. It's very helpful to find somebody like a a Reiki practitioner or an energy healer, somebody that you vibe well with, somebody who's on your level 
and have somebody it's always helpful it's beautiful to get that other person in there because even though you might be seeing something the simplest question that person can ask you can just clarify everything it's always mm -hmm. it's it that's what helped me with april as you know she she asked me a few questions and it just opened my horizon to all the possibilities of wow and you yeah. know and energy works beautiful because you're in, you're doing the inner work yourself. You're just having somebody guide you there. I would say, yeah, the first steps is to definitely sit and meditate, have that time for you. It's your cup of tea or your writing in the morning, sit there and be there. But then, you know, if you can find somebody you can vibe well with who's on your level, find somebody to help you kind of take you to those places, those dimensions, those, you know, those inner worlds, your inner child, and just sit there because then you kind of go down this beautiful Rambo rabbit hole and you just start to work more and more on yourself. And one day you wake up and you realize that that day is even more easier than the day before because yeah. you took that time for you. You know, that's why me and my, my friend, Carrie, you know, we're hosting a retreat in Shasta this June, but it's because we wanted to gather women together, especially at this time, you know, of this last year, but to get women into these, these issues of breath work and energy work and just being within and being creative and moving your body and having that sensuality and just those, those moments, those little moments that add up to bigger things, you know, that help you. It's the little moments that kind of build the blocks for you to be the person you can, you can clearly be that, that magical goddess. Cause we all have that goddess inside of us. Yes. I, I, I love that. I, I think when we're on this healing journey, we do, succumb to this idea that it's just going to be like some big bang moment. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's all going to fall away. And we're going to emerge from the ashes. And sometimes yes, but most of the time it's those incremental little steps and Absolutely. the things that we look at and it doesn't look like it's working. And then all of a sudden it is. And that's um, definitely some encouragement there for sure. I, I love that. Definitely. That's a perfect way to begin. And please also tell us about this retreat that you mentioned as well. Oh, yes, babe. Yeah. So the retreats happening the last week in June, it's happening in beautiful, magical Mount Shasta, California, my dear friend, Carrie, Carrie and I, um, Carrie Trinidad, mindful healing, um, mindful living, excuse me, but we are hosting a retreat for about 20 women in the course of five days. And what you can expect is we're going to be doing some daily meditation and yoga, we're going to be doing a beautiful cacao ceremony being with Earth Mama, and all the elements, um, wow. plenty of breath work and, and drumming. And we're going to be doing lots of nature hikes, we're going to be going to some magical portals and just, again, lots of sitting within ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be bringing my beautiful, I just created this beautiful, um, I named it the copper cosmic crystal <laughs> bed, and we're going to be doing oh. that. So some like galactic healing, beautiful, just healing with crystals and light and vibration and resonance and just, you know, help women awaken themselves, you know, those those stagnant times where women are like, where do I go from here, especially from this year, but in general, you know, where do I go from here? And we want to just kind of open that space up for women to just awaken their inner goddess and just awaken their creativity. There's going to be some things with natal charts and crystals there too. It's just, it's all epic. I'm so, I'm super excited. It sounds absolutely incredible. How exciting I am. Um, oh my gosh, that sounds so magical. I've, the things that come out of that, I have heard so many stories of, of and talked to so many women who have been to 
similar retreats and, and had these experiences, especially with the portal energy and all those activations that happen, they emerge completely transformed. Mm-hmm. And then the healing that unfolds from there and then lifelong connections made too. So that's amazing. I'm going to definitely put the link for that in the show notes as well. So if anybody's interested, please check that out. And I just, I'm so grateful for this conversation, Valerie. And is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners at this time or? No, I think I ran on your uh, podcast long enough. I love it so much. (laughs) We have episodes, 15 minutes, an hour, whatever. It's all, it's all good. And I am, I'm so grateful. Thank you for sharing this so open-heartedly it's it's an honor and please do reach out to Valerie if you are interested in her being your mentor if you want to go through something similar because that is something that she mentioned is really powerful to start this process so if you vibe with her and you feel that that's something you want to move forward with only good things can come from that so all of her links are in the show notes and until next time I will see you all in the next episode. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Join me on Instagram. My handle is at elixir.apothecary and hop on over to www.elixirapothecary.com for all your self-care and ritual needs and to sign up for sacred classes to support your ascension. Please consider leaving a five-star review if you enjoyed today's episode. And again, thank you so much for listening. See you next time.